This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Doug, welcome back Doc. How have you been this week? Yeah, thanks, Gordon. Yeah, you know, carrying on as uh, I guess most of us are making the best of, of the situation. So always nice to, to, to talk with you. How are you doing? I'm all right. I, I haven't quite caught up with you on the haircut front. You're looking quite suave. You've obviously been to see the uh, the stylist. Um, it's a, a home job, uh, Gordon, as, as you know. We're not allowed to have our haircuts. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay. Well, we should be talking about that live. Uh, this is the late Doc uh, um, going off to jail. He's his last podcast. But we have with us today Kaibu Molo, who's head of marketing Africa Bank. Kaibu, thanks for joining us uh, at uh, this crazy time for for banks during the middle of COVID. How are you doing, Bridget? Yeah, I like it, man. That's, uh, Excellent. Yeah, no, um it is a pandemonium by all by all definitions of the word, but um, yeah, we're hanging in there. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a big story, and I'm going to leave uh, the doc to drive a lot of this. But I mean, it's we've recently had Africa Day. It's Africa Month. Um, that's a great way to position a brand, which is uh, African Bank. I would have thought. Um, <laughs> perhaps yes and no. And why would I say yes and no? Yes, because obviously with the link to the name and us being part of the continent, absolutely, we definitely try and by all means um, align to various parts of the sentiment that is in the continent. But at the same time, because we are not available throughout the continent, um, sometimes it becomes a little bit confusing for people who hear, oh, African Bank. Great. Uh, how many branches do you have outside of the country? Zero. Oh, um, but you're African bank. Yes, we are. But we are a completely South African bank, even though our name is African bank. So um, we try and take the good. But um, we also know that sometimes there are, I guess, mis 
conceptions in terms of what the name means. But certainly, uh, Kobe, and thanks very much for, for taking the time to, to spend with us. Certainly, it's been a, a great turnaround success story. You know, I want to just chat about, you know, if I look at the indicators, I look at your, your numbers of last year that published, your profits up, your, your deposits up. And uh, equally importantly for me, you know, in terms of, of customer satisfaction index, uh, 13,000 uh, people randomly selected banking clients. And you guys came out, when I say you guys, African Bank, as the number one in customer satisfaction. So there's a lot of stuff you're doing right there. If you could just talk to us and, and gearing, bearing in mind that the show is largely about marketing and media, talk about some of the stuff that you're doing that is working so well for you at African Bank. Uh, thanks. How's it going, Doc? Um, yeah, I guess since we exited curatorship pretty much 2016, four years ago, um, we've done plenty. Um, number one, we've done plenty differently. Number two, number two, we've done a lot more than we've previously done. And I guess number three, we've also tried to speak um, to different audiences than perhaps traditionally we were speaking to or we were known for speaking to. So... Um, Right, right from the outset, one of the reasons or one of the requirements for us to, to, to continue sustaining the African bank business was to become a full retail bank. And early on, we took the decision that not only do we want to become full retail, but we really need to become more and more digital, very digitally enabled, very digitized so that we can offer our customers and the consumers out there a number of different ways of interacting and engaging with us. So we started that journey pretty much in 2016. And I guess now in 2020, we're starting to really reap some of those benefits. Um, and that has been supported by a lot of different things that we've been doing. So again, back in 2016, in terms of the marketing and media and advertising world, we were very, very limited in terms of what we did. We primarily spoke to customers in the branch. We spoke to consumers via radio or via community activity. And increasingly, we've been much more out there in the advertising and media world. Um, our budgets have increased tremendously. Yeah, and I think I mean that's that's great to hear that the, you know that you guys have shown a correlation between going out there and spending. Um, and then showing the return. And Gordon, I think that's leading to one of your passion points around media and more particularly community radio and, and media that speaks to people not only in the mother tongue, but something that, that really resonates very well with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I really enjoyed, Kaiba, was the uh, we did plenty and we did plenty differently. I, you know, I think sometimes we we just do the plenty and, and you know, yeah. we hope something will, will, will work there. But yeah, I mean, you sit you know, as, as a brand, very strongly in that middle market segment that, you know, speaking SEM speak, you're kind of SEM cluster three right in the middle. That's that's the big chunk. That's your highest uh, incidence. And if I look at that SEM cluster three segment, 80-odd um, percent of the folks there would reflect an African language as, as the mother language or the lang primary language in the home. You say you're using radio, using community. How is that playing out in terms of, of, of the language of communication? Uh, you know, one of my pet peeves, and, and the doc will know, and, and you've heard me rabbiting on about it as well, is so much communication happening in English. Are, are you talking in the language of that SEM Cluster 3 segment? 100%. So 
Um, primarily, um, as we spoke about last time, in, ra in the radio space, we do both public broadcast radio um, as well as regional radio as well as community radio. Um, and we do that precisely because of what you said. We're very clear that we need to not only communicate with our audience, but actually resonate with our audience. So we don't want to just speak in a language that potentially they understand. We actually ideally want to speak in their language, but also using phraseology and using colloquialisms that they use daily that will make the, the, the propositions and the messaging that we're landing a little bit easier to digest. So we have traditionally spoken across a minimum of three of the national um, public broadcast service radio um, stations. Um, at some stage, we were doing five or six of them. And across the country, we've done a lot with regional radio, um, whatever the vernac is, um, and community radio. Um, probably not as much in the last year as we've done previously. Um, and, and that, again, just goes with different ways of engaging with the audience and different strategies. But we have no doubt in the power and the value of African and vernacular languages. Um, so we also have done a lot on RSG and Jacaranda. Um, so we, we, we definitely are about trying to connect and connect authentically. Uh, and by that, we try and make sure that as much as possible, we can speak to you both in your language but yes, uh, because of the subject matter that we talk about, we always do a lot that is um, in English. Um, and even in the branches and in the documentation that you get when you interact with us, you'll find that we are probably one of the increasing trend to have your documents again in your home language or at least in one of the few vernacular languages that we are able to, to provide the documentation in along with English and Afrikaans. One of the trends which I found fascinating in the last couple of years is working with a few colleagues who are evolving a new form of legal documentation, which is basically in a sort of a cartoon format, for lack of a better word. In other words, very, very visual. So job descriptions in, in rural uh, agricultural communities, you know, you don't have a of text which said you drive the tractor you have a picture of a person driving a tractor have you i mean have you evolved your documents to talk in any particular way like that to the to the market segment how, how do you play it through the, to that level of detail so i think perhaps there's two parts for us in that journey um number one we are also we have been trying in the journey towards a very digitized and completely digitally enabled to move away from physical documents and, and try and as much as possible have paperless environments, electronic signatures. Um, and if you want documents, we'll email them to you as opposed to printing them out for you. Um, so we're trying to move away as much as possible from paper, but where we do have paper, um, and especially in particular environments, we are very passionate about trying to do that image-based communication. So in our consumer education and our consumer empowerment activities and initiatives, almost everything is very much image-based um, and picture-based. Um, very few 
written um, sentences or written phrases. Um, and again, even where those phrases are written, they're, they're primarily in Vernac. Then we also use audio and scenarios to, to explain what we're doing. So we're, we're probably very early on the journey towards perhaps image-based contracts, but we're definitely using imagery and picture in our communication, both in, as I said, in the consumer education and empowerment space, um, and increasingly in a lot of the branch uh, merchandise that we have, we'll also use a lot of picture and imagery um, and we use a lot of diagrams and tables also to try and simplify some of the, the messaging and the propositions that we, we try and put across. That's great because uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, banking and financial services and financial systems are quite complicated things to, to understand. And so it's encouraging to hear that you know, you're making it simple, and I want to say simple, not in a, in a, in a talk-down disparaging fashion, but in a, a practical fashion that people can bank with you uh, with with confidence and transparency just two other things quickly um we are you as a as a payoff as a as a payoff line and everybody something uh, everybody somebody at least um how are you guys living that you know just in terms of bringing that alive from what i'm hearing a lot of the work you're doing has has shown great rewards but i just want to touch on you know one of my passion points is around culture and bringing the marketing into the branch and being it lived by your people um, 100%. Um, we, we have a purpose, which is advancing lives through financial and related products. And our proposition from the beginning, um, when we exited curatorship, was humanity through bank. Yeah. Hi, Kaibi. I think we might have lost you then. Just for our listeners, we are struggling with an incoming feed. And I understand there's been a, an outage in the uh, one of the internet providers out there um so kb are you still with us hi can you hear me yeah we got you back okay cool talk. um so what i was saying was um that right from when we exited curatorship one of our our, our purpose has been advancing lives through human through financial and related products and services and our proposition has been humanity through banking and it was humanity through banking because that's how we've always tried to interact with consumers walking into the door and becoming customers. And once they're customers, how we engage with them. And when we did research again in 2015, 2016, one of the things that a lot of consumers spoke to us about is how they felt welcomed and how they felt appreciated and how they felt engaged with personally and very, very closely by um, the staff that they engaged with. Um, and I guess because of where our branches has also, have also been located traditionally and who are the staff members in our branches, we definitely have always felt that we are part of the communities that we serve. We are part of the consumers and the customers that we, are in, that we interact with. We are exactly like them. There's no difference between us and them. And that's how we came up with that payoff line of we are you. And as we needed then to establish and perhaps show our brand in the market, not just what we talk about when I guess we're, we're selling propositions and selling products, but when we wanted to give a face to the brand and a meaning or an identification 
to the brand, um, the agency came up with a great line um, as a campaign line for the brand, which is everybody is somebody. And I think that talks exactly to who we are and what we're about. Um, we were very much um, aligned when we spoke about we are a bank for everyone. We try not to, and we pretty much never create differentiation between different types of customers. It doesn't matter whether you want to come in and save 500 rand or whether you want to come in and invest 5 million rand. We interact with you the same. We treat you the same. We're always about treating our customers and consumers with respect and with dignity. Um, and it's something that was really almost already existing in our staff and in our culture. And by articulating it, it became even easier for, for our various colleagues across the business to hold on to something and says, yes, that's exactly what I'm about. I'm, I'm about treating my, my community because invariably they are part of the community the way that I want to be treated as well. Um, and making sure that, again, perhaps because of our history of primarily being known for lending, a lot of people, when they come in for lending, they're worried about, will I get the loan? What are they going to ask me? Is it going to be a little bit of a negative on my part that I'm asking for a loan? But we wanted to make sure that, no, we understand that you're about empowering yourself, advancing your life, doing better. And so whatever product you're coming to us for, whatever reason you're visiting us for, um, however you're choosing to engage with us, we always try and make sure that we treat you with dignity and respect and make sure that when you leave, you know that you are like anybody else. Everybody is somebody. There isn't anybody who's better or more deserving of better treatment. Of better treatment, everybody is deserving of respect and of at least a little bit of quality and differentiated service. You're listening to the Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. That's great. And I, yeah, and I think it's so well put. And, and just, you know, Gordon, from a teaching point of view, just from a teaching point for marketers, and I want to say young marketers out there, perhaps all marketers, what I'm hearing here is they have a very good grip on your customer. Now, it sounds pretty obvious, but I promise you, I've sat in organizations uh, with marketing teams who don't want to talk to customers. In fact, customers are a nuisance, you know, and, and so it's a question of getting out, whether you're in a branch, whether you're in a retail environment, whether you're in whatever business you are. And fundamentally understand your customer and make sure that your products and services speak to that customer in the language uh, that they want to and that it actually meets the needs. So consumer behavior is such an important part of marketing. Yet somewhere along the line, I'm not saying all customers, I'm not uh, all companies, but I've certainly worked in some where actually the customer was a bit of an afterthought in some ways in terms of, of making the marketing campaign, which had to be f flash and ritzy and, and hopefully the customer will like it as well. Gordon, just go yeah, on. I think, yeah. No, no go on. Go no, on. I was just going to say, Doc, that definitely we 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 try very hard not to fall into that trap. We are all about trying to create communication that resonates, but that also delivers, um, and that talks, as I said, in our customers or in consumer language, as opposed to in bank language or in what is convenient for us. Just asking you now to put on your, your hat and answer the questions that nobody else in the world is capable of answering. Um, nobody saw COVID coming. So what's, what's changed? I mean, you, you know, 
normally a bank would would increase its its, its market share by rolling out uh, branches and increasing the, the you know the bricks and mortar footprint. What's what what's changed in the last couple of weeks? Do you see this impacting uh, the banking sector in any particular way over and above the retail sector? How, how do you how's the lens shifted pre-COVID to to post-COVID? What what's going to be different from the consumer's perspective, from your perspective? Will will we be going back to the same, or is it just going to be a completely uh, different reset? <laughs> I think what you started with, Braji, is exactly the answer. Nobody, because nobody could have predicted, nobody knows what is coming. Um, we've seen huge change in, I guess, things that either we took as normal or as regular, as as routine, as, as how business is done. We've seen fundamental changes. And some of it, perhaps, we were already better prepared for because of strategic decisions such as moving towards being more digitally enabled. Um, that's allowed a lot of our customers and consumers to engage with us, excuse me, virtually and via app or via telephone or via the website, as opposed to necessarily having to come in to branches. Um, so that has helped um, because we also have branches nationally, um, we, as an essential service, we found that we were able to pretty much open 100% of our branches, even though we obviously didn't see the same numbers of uh, customers, consumers coming in. Um, but again, you also had to change um, certain things that are happening in the branches. So you now have sanitization upon entry, regardless of whether you've been sanitized upon entry into the mall, there'll be sanitized, hand sanitizer on entry into the branch. We've now had to put in um, barrier glass or barrier dividers between our staff member and the customer. Um, our, our staff members are wearing masks as well. Um, we've even started a journey towards seeing whether we can't have some masks in the branches for customers who come in. And obviously that's a mask that you then give the customer as opposed to requiring it back. Um, and increasingly, we are seeing a lot more activity in our digital environments. Um, and even what people seem to be much more interested in has also changed. We're seeing a lot of inquiries about, number one, our savings and investment products. Um, I think a lot of people have still seen that even now with the various rate cuts that have happened up until the last one last week, we're still currently currently uh, having the 13.33% rate on a 60-month fixed deposit. Um, who knows what will happen now that the rate has changed again, um, but up to now we still have that. Um, and then other customers are coming in asking about our one-year-old my transactional um, account and, and perhaps because both of those accounts allow you to earn decent, if not great, interest rates, um, some of them often the best in the market. Um, and with our transactional product, the fact that there are also no fees, very low charges, and the fact that you can share this account among people of your choice, transfer money immediately to those 
individuals you've chosen to, et cetera, et cetera. I think we're seeing a move that some of it, yes, you, as I said, you could have said we were geared for and pre prepared for by chance, or as I said, because of a strategic decision taken earlier, but a lot of it has definitely changed <laughs> what our business looks like, what potentially we might be doing in future and how we might be doing it in future. Um, and yeah, you know, those results, those great results that we've had over the past four years um, since since we exited curatorship, um, this year is definitely a different kettle of fish, a different world, and, and yeah, the pressure's there. Well, you've seamlessly segued to success. I'm going to use that as my call sign to seemingly segue to the doc here to wrap it up. Um, Gabe, just to say thanks for uh, being with us today. We, we did struggle a bit with the incoming signal, so we'll do our best to do justice to some of your commentary. And to the listeners out there, just if you have any questions, Gabe, how, how should we be getting hold of you? Some of the questions will come via uh Facebook setup or off the owner platform, but what's the best way to get hold of you if you've got any questions about, uh, you know, the marketing of, of, of African Bank? Sure. So the best way to get hold of me, I guess, is via email. Um, uh, my email address is kmolo, K-M-O-L-L-O at africanbank.co.za, African Bank, one word. Um, but I'm also on Twitter, so if people search for me, at Muloka, even my surname followed by my first name on Twitter, and they can find me there. Um, or they can put it on the African Bank environments at African Bank, whether that is Facebook or um, Twitter um, or Instagram. They, they, they can put their questions there and they'll be forwarded through to me. Um, and yeah, I, I love having discussions and, and debates about marketing and about media and about consumers and especially consumer insights. So um, please, um, I'm, I'm always open Great. to the conversation. Marvelous. I'm handing over to the magnificently uh, hairstyled uh, doc here in studio. And by the way, just as a matter of interest, from a consumer perspective, uh, you talked about sanitizing and that. We're coming into studio now, um, and it's quite reassuring, I must say, to come in. We're sanitized. We're screened yes. uh, correctly. And uh, it's just actually quite reassuring to be able to go out and say, well, I'm, I'm okay today. I must say it, it can Absolutely. be a positive experience. It's not, it's not all downside. But, Doc, over to you to wrap. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. Thanks, uh, Kobe. Thanks very much for your time. As always, you know, we really appreciate it. It was great insights into, into the world of African Bank. I, I, without saying it again, you guys have done really well. Hopefully, and I know we're all battling not just the, the health virus, but uh, we also battling the economic virus. And so hopefully at the end of it, you know, that your consumers and customers come out of it. Um, I'm encouraged to hear that they're asking about savings, you know. So that's a great thing that people are still looking to, to put money away. A lot of South Africans don't have a lot. So hopefully we get out of this economic crisis that we all find ourselves in and are better for it. But again, from my side, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, gentlemen. It was a great conversation and I look forward to doing it again. Excellent. So. Great. Uh, for your listeners out there, please tune in, uh, subscribe for free to The Doc and Guru and be part of the conversation. As Gordon and I always say, it's not about just us having very interesting chats. Uh, it's about you being part of the dialogue and part of the discussion. So from our side, Doc Dogmatas, till next week, we'll catch you then. 
And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.